geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of Geek to Me Radio. Tonight, we are joined by the City of St. Charles special events producer, Ryan Cooper, talking about their upcoming Legends and Lanterns Festival. Then, we'll be talking with Marcos Gabriel about his brand new horror movie, The Old Ways. All that and more, stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. And if you don't know, Star Trek from Star Wars will try to explain. There are 12 doctors for Hogwarts houses, one ring rolls and more. If you're driving around in the greater St. Louis area tonight, hearing us on the big 550 KTRS, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, For those of you streaming us, we're on Facebook Live, we're on Twitch, and we're on YouTube. Hello to you. And if you're hearing us after the fact in the podcast form, we appreciate your constantly tuning in and listening. And thank you for your support as well. Each week, if you've heard the show in the past, you've heard me talk about the premier sponsor, which is the City of St. Charles and the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. And you probably heard that little raise in my voice now that we're coming towards Halloween season. I'm getting a little more excited. Legends and Lanterns, I keep telling you about this festival. Well, no one knows more about the festival than the man who started it, the man who invented the whole thing. He didn't invent Halloween, but very close to it. Uh, Ryan Cooper, thanks for being in studio today. Well, thank you, James. And it is an honor to be on the one and only geek to me radio. Now, your producer did tell me uh, not to turn off your audience by mentioning that Jar Jar Binks is my favorite Star Wars character. Uh, there we go, folks. That's our time tonight. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> but that's okay. No, it's it's uh, we welcome everyone, even if their opinion's sadly wrong. Uh, yeah, so, and you've even got the Jar Jar Binks head. We should just I, go ahead and uh, go down this rabbit hole. I, I, I do. Well, hey, I was nine years old when episode one came out. He was kind of geared towards me, and... Uh, and yes, he is my favorite. Yes. I am. I am unashamed at saying that. I blame George Marcus's or George Lucas's marketing campaign. I don't blame you. I, I, so I blame George Marcus as well. Well, they both of them should yeah. take the fall for this. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what's going on with me tonight. Uh, I'm playing commercials. I shouldn't play. I'm saying George Marcus instead. George Lucas doesn't matter. Uh, talk about Legends and Lanterns, <laughs> yes. the festival. So, uh, for those of you who have heard the show before, you probably heard me kind of gloss over some of the details and say this is what it is. But Ryan's the person to really get into the meat of it. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about, uh, for those who maybe attended the past years, mm-hmm. what's different this year? Because obviously we come out of COVID. Sure. Luckily, we still had Legends and Lanterns. It was done very well. Um, but things will be a little different this year. So talk a little bit about transitioning out of 2020 into 2021. Right. So uh, Legends and Lanterns, for those who haven't been there, is sort of in a nutshell, this kind of, uh, we call it a spirited journey through Halloween history. So we have all kinds of famous villains from from real life history and from uh, literature and folklore, as well as all kinds of special Halloween events that take place along historic Main Street in St. Charles. And and last year we did have a, a modified uh, season. We were glad to be able to have it, but we wanted to keep everybody safe. So we had social distance enclosures and we had masks and we had some events that we had to had to pause for a year but but this year we are still keeping safety in mind but we're we're looking forward to having an event that looks more uh similar to pre-pandemic times a lot of our um safety measures uh are taking place behind the scenes to keep everyone who participates in the event safe but luckily it is an all outdoor event so we're hoping that everyone who comes to it will will be mindful of social distancing and being safe and uh uh, hoping to have a, a very happy Halloween season. And that's another thing I always try to stress when I'm doing the live reads for it is that people think, oh, it's a Halloween thing. is adult-oriented, and it's right. not. It's family-friendly. Well, and that's the tricky thing with Halloween because, as you know, there are many different flavors of Halloween events. You know, you have... You know, haunted houses with, you know, body parts and ooh, spooky stuff. Uh, then you have kind of, you know, child, you know, very, very young kid friendly events. You have events that are, you know, very candy focused and trick or treat focused. Legends and Lanterns, and, and, and I know I'm biased when I say this, <laughs> is an event that really kind of charts its own path. 
it is a historical event, but it's not dry. And it is something that that literally everyone uh, can find something to enjoy. If you have a four-year-old, they're going to find stuff about this festival they're going to love. If you have a 14-year-old, and we all know how sometimes it's very difficult to appeal to the middle schoolers, they're going to find something to love. 94-year-old grandma's going to love something. And it, it's really... It's really exciting, and my favorite thing, and I've heard this a lot, is we have a lot of people who give us feedback and send us notes and say, you know, I never was a Halloween fan. I went to your event, and now I have a reason to be excited around Halloween. Now I get it, and we've even converted some people to being super big Halloween fans. So so it is special uh, in, in, in all the different events that we have. It's just different, and, and historic Main Street in itself. I mean, you know, it's the perfect setting that when you're when you're doing something like this and you're walking on those old bricks and you're surrounded by 19th century buildings and you see Ichabod Crane in the corner and he's getting startled by the the hooves of a, a horse that's going by on a horse-drawn hay wagon, you're there. You are living the story and that's all Legends and Lanterns is about. It's in the title. Legends, we like to tell stories and people get to really really live those, those stories on Main Street. And one of the big things, too, is this is a free thing. It's not like people are going to come down and have to shell out to no. to visit or anything like that. There's all there's the, the haunted hayrides. There's the Absolutely. tours. Uh, well, well, now that you're opening that Pandora's box, let's talk about <laughs> I me. Mean, and, and again, as you mentioned, it is completely free. And that is something that's very important to us that, you know, people can come down. There's not that expectation. We hope that they'll, you know, go into the shops and, and patronize the restaurants and whatnot. But the event itself doesn't cost a cent. You have over 36 different legends of Halloween, we call them. So you have uh, famous people from history like Abigail Williams of the Salem Witchcraft Trial fame. Uh, You have, you know, Edgar Allan Poe and the Brothers Grimm who are there. You have famous characters uh, from fairy tales. You have the Big Bad Wolf. You have the Gingerbread Witch from Hansel and Gretel. You have the Phantom of the Opera. Uh, We have musical groups. We have the Angry Villagers. You're sporting their wonderful t-shirt today. Those of you who are driving down Highway 70, if you look to your left, you'll see my shirt. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, you know, what, what's a good monster story without that kind of proverbial horde of, you know, of, you know, people with pitchforks and, and stakes and cloves of garlic and torches and, and our musical mob sings as they try to rid Main Street of monsters. So you have all these different characters. But then uh, we we want to share the history of it. So we have a Victorian mourning museum so you can learn about how people in the 19th century, when people passed away, they, they did some weird things. Uh, and, and we have over, you know, 70 authentic artifacts. We have, you know, wreaths made out of human hair. We have, you know... These aren't for sale, by the way. Uh, they're not for sale. <laughs> but I got them online. There are a lot of interesting people who want to sell a lot of weird stuff. And, and Legends and Lanterns <laughs> is happy to get it. But we have a, a tear vial that was sold at the 1904 World's Fair wow, because Victorians cool. used to collect their tears in vials. So we have that. We have a celebration of old-time movies. I know you're a huge movie buff. We have a thing called Tinseltown Terror. So people can kind of go into the old train depot. It's kind of converted into a an old-time movie house and people will watch clips of you know those really cheesy sci-fi b movies of the 1930s to the 1950s because there was just something very nostalgic about that so people get to watch clips of that we have a a horse-drawn hayride so you can take in the sights and sounds of the festival and again for free and this year we're starting uh, something new that's called uh, the Haunted History Trail, which is very exciting, where people can walk themselves through Main Street. There'll be different signs, with little QR codes, and they'll pull up a video, an audio tour that will tell them about something something interesting that happened in that location. You know, all those little juicy tidbits you don't read about in the guidebooks. And it's it's one of the things you guys have really done a great job of is the sensory friendly stuff. Yes. That's also very important because there's a lot of people, obviously, who come down and they, you know, whatever their reason, mm-hmm. they might not be they might be leery of participating in sure. something if they're overwhelmed by crowds. But uh you guys, the city of St. Charles and you particularly have taken a very careful look mm-hmm. at how can we accommodate those folks. So talk a little bit about that if you could. A- absolutely. We want to make this event and all of our events as accessible as possible to anyone who wants to enjoy them. And, and the tricky thing is on a on a ordinary festival day, it can be very hard for people. There are days that the streets get a little crowded and they're a little bit narrower. You know, it's a, it's a 19th century main street. And, you know, people who may have mobility concerns, those kind of uneven, you know, stones in the ground are no help as well. So we said, how can we 
present what we call a sensory-friendly experience, emphasis on the eerie, um, to kind of help make it more comfortable uh, for people to still get that Halloween magic feeling, still get the quality of what we present during normal festival hours, but in a way that's more comfortable to them. So on Sundays during the festival, uh, about uh, two hours before we open to the public, we have a special event on the deck of the Katy Depot where we'll have uh, a select handful of our characters who have all been trained to kind of modify their performance uh, to be a little bit more approachable to people who may be, you know, a little bit nervous. So you have, you're seeing these very boisterous characters, who none of which are scary, but somehow have very big personalities so they learn how to kind of you know gauge their audience and kind of bring it on back be a little bit quieter be a little bit smaller uh so that everyone can enjoy it and then on those days as well We'll uh, have the Katie Depot open, so all of our attractions will have modified lighting and sound, so it's not quite as in-your-face, so that people can enjoy it at their own pace. And we've got a couple of comments came in on the text. I'm just looking. Uh, someone, Robert Jones, said, it's cool. Trust me. Uh, and then I, I I'm trust trying to make out some of the— Robert Jones. <laughs> um, the old-timey movie house does sound quite appealing, David DeRose says. Uh, Emily Stowe says, the opinion stated by guest— on Phantom Menace does not reflect opinion. Okay, so she's div- disavowing, Emily is disavowing your uh, Jar Jar Binks comment from earlier, I think. <laughs> so that's what that, but uh, I'm seeing some of the comments coming now. I just apologize. I'm just now seeing them. Uh, Bill Blanky says, Brothers Grimm. Uh, so everyone has their favorite characters, but that's so interesting too. One of the things I should uh, have you talk about is just like Jack Skellington has mm-hmm. to reinvent Halloween each year. Yes. You have to add new things. You don't want it to be the same old, yes. same old. So, uh, some of the like one of the big characters that were hit last year were the Martian ambassadors. Were yes. brand new. So, who are some new characters, new faces we might see in twenty twenty one? Absolutely. So, so as you mentioned, the Martian ambassadors debuted last year, and they were sort of our our take, our homage to those nineteen fifties really cheesy Martian movies uh, with the big heads and everything, and their kind of weird ways of talking. So, uh, they will be here uh, again this year. Uh, and uh, new characters, we actually have Cinderella's wicked stepsisters, oh. Lucretia and Griselda, <laughs> and and I I saw them I saw them yesterday. You know they're they're looking you know uh, looking to crash any bar mitzvah or board meeting <laughs> that they can to find their prince or their their king or their barista as they say they're. they're, they're they're very flexible. That's good. These That's days. good. So we have the Wicked Stepsisters. And as I mentioned, we have our, our Haunted History Trail. Um, did a lot of uh, digging, you know, no pun intended, uh, to unearth a few interesting facts about Main Street. You know, in the off-season, uh, we learned that there's a space on Main Street that uh, Washington Irving, who wrote The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, he spent tonight on historic Main huh. Street. Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, mentions a building on Main Street in one of his lesser-known stories. So it's not in The Raven, but it's in the the, the Journal of Julius Rodman. You know that I've got that one. I've got a second Edgar edition. Edgar Allan Poe hit. So, you know, little facts like that you can learn. And we have uh, a new thing called the Warbling Gourds. We have a trio of singing jack-o'-lanterns uh, who, you know, vocalizing vegetables. They're a big hit this year, mark my words, so everyone can can go see them in addition to all of our other exciting things. And the neat thing is, because I'm sure all your wonderful guests are wondering, how am I going to know what's going on? Main Street's a big place. Uh, One of the cool things we have had since the beginning when we opened in 2016 is a little keepsake for people to take is our uh, festival passport. So people will come. It is a magazine-quality booklet. It talks about all the different events that are there to experience, and it has a full-color photo and biography of every Legends and Lanterns character. So not only do you get to meet the character on the street, you can take this passport home. You can read a little bit more about who these people are because there are going to be names that you are familiar with. There are going to be characters that you don't know. And uh, and again, the passport is completely free, so it's a nice little keepsake souvenir uh, of your time on Main Street during Halloween. Just one more thing to enjoy about the festival. Uh, we're going to take a very short commercial break here. We're going to come back and chat more with Ryan all about Legends and Lanterns. If you're listening, uh, what I always tell you to make sure you check out the website, which is discoverstcharles.com, Discover St. Charles. And it will have information there about the festival, too. If you are uh, just tuning in, we're talking to Ryan Cooper, all about Legends and Lanterns. And we will be right back. Hi, this is Barry Bostwick. And damn it, Janet, would you just keep listening and come back to Geek to Me Radio, will you? I have one thing to say, and that's damn it, Janet. 
Welcome back to Geeks Me Radio. Fire in my heart and you fan it. Want to make sure we tell you about our premier movie sponsor, and that is Marcus Theaters, Marcus Theaters and Movie Tavern. If you go to the website MarcusTheaters.com, uh, you can find out how to apply for their magical movie reward. So if you like going to see the movies, you should sign up for this because it actually gives you points for every movie ticket you get, every snow cap you buy, every popcorn kernel you chew. Not every one you chew, but exaggeratory. But uh, you get points for getting concessions and seeing movies that you can then redeem for seeing more movies. And it's this whole wonderful circular popcorn-encrusted movie experience. And I know some people are a little hesitant still, it kind of, especially with stuff coming out on uh, streaming as quickly as it comes. But I think Black Widow fixed that, didn't she? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but with that being the case, whatever sound system or movie screen you've got at home is not going to compare to... The big screen. We saw No Time to Die in IMAX. That's something you can't recreate at home. And these movies are best seen in the best possible surrounding, which is at Marcus Theaters and Movie Tavern. So if you go to the website, marcustheaters.com, you'll find the location of the Marcus Theaters or the Movie Tavern closest to you. You can see movie reviews. And if you want, for a special occasion that might be coming up, a bachelor party or just a birthday party, you can rent a private theater. Marcus Theaters will do a private theater for you. You pick the movie you want. 20 of your friends, you can add popcorn and uh, concessions to it if you want as well. But it starts at $99, depending on your location. And you get to watch a movie with 20 of your friends in your own uh, very own private theater. We've done it a couple times. Ryan was in mm-hmm. one of ours where we saw Wrath of Man. Yes. And it's, it's a great time. So one of the things I missed during the pandemic was movies. The fact that movie theaters are back and we don't want them to go anywhere. If you are feeling comfortable doing it. Get out and do it. Marcus has gone above and beyond with sanitation and cleanliness, and they've got the little quick pedals on the door so you can open the door without touching anything. Download the Marcus Theaters app for your smartphone. You can even order your concessions ahead of time so they're ready and waiting for you for an even more contactless experience. Uh, It's never a bad time to see a movie, in my opinion, and the best place to do it is Marcus Theaters. Marcus Theaters and Movie Tavern, as we always say, it's the best movie-going experience in the galaxy. As we're talking to Ryan Cooper, special events producer for... The city of St. Charles. Talking about legends and lanterns, um, we've talked about before. I love Halloween. One of my very favorite cities in the entire continental United States is Nolens, Louisiana. Nolens, yes. And Legends and Lanterns is bringing a bit of that uh, Creole flair to the event this year. We are. So one thing I've wanted to do since the second year of Legends and Lanterns was a masquerade ball. And for one reason or another, we just kind of uh, weren't able to make it happen. But this year, on October 29th at the beautiful Foundry Arts Center in the Historic District, we are going to have the Bayou Bash, which is a Legends and Lanterns masquerade ball. And we're very excited to have it. We're going to have all of our Legends and Lanterns characters in their masquerade finery. People are going to be able to sip on themed libations. There are going to be different activities and and uh, complimentary face painting and, and a costume contest. So those who love Comic-Cons and whatnot uh, come for a chance to win big if they think that they're the life or the afterlife of the party. <laughs> but no, we're very excited about it. We're going to transform the whole space in, you know, kind of the marshy deltas of Louisiana and kind of capture that that magic we've got two great co-hosts we've got uh baron Samedi of haitian voodoo culture and then we've got marie laveau the the new orleans voodoo queen who are going to be co-hosting the event and then we've got some pretty rocking music we've got miss jubilee and the yes yes boys who are going to yeah. provide the evening soundtrack so i'm very excited about it uh and, and anyone who wants to get tickets to that um we would love to see you uh they can uh find those tickets at legendsandlanterns.com and if you're like me, if you've experienced Halloween in New Orleans, it's one of those events that this this is the perfect thing for you to attend if you're in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area to come to this. And again, that's a ticketed event. So it, we mentioned the, the thing's free, but this particular Correct. event is an additional cost, which is still with the the libations and mm-hmm. the, all the all stuff you have going on inside, it's well worth it. And we've got multiple packages. We have a VIP package and we have a general admission packet, a package. Uh, it is 21 and up. So, you know, there's a little bit of fun to be had at this event uh, safely, of course. Uh, but but we're excited about it. But yes, we've got all of our free stuff during the regular festival. But for those who are looking for a little something extra special, October 29th, mark it on your calendar, Foundry Arts Center. 
And the tickets can be purchased through the St. Charles, the uh, CVB's website, discoverstcharles.com as well, or is there a different website to go? Absolutely, they can go and discover St. Charles, but legendsandlanterns.com will get you right to the link you need. And if they're hanging out in the St. Charles area, let's say, I want to go pick up my tickets physically, they can go to the Convention and Visitors Bureau, or is it just online only? 2.30, trust me, come to the Visitor Center. We'll take care of you no matter what. 2.30 South Main Street. Enjoy a nice lunch on Main Street. Come by, purchase your Bayou Bash tickets, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and Marie Laveau is rising out of the graves of St. Louis Cemetery oh. in New Orleans to come oh. and co-host this. She is great. She is great. And there's no better host than uh, her and the Baron. It's true. that Creole flair going. <laughs> it is true. So with the special event this year and then all the other stuff, that's a lot to undertake when you're running an entire festival like this. See what I did? Undertake. undertake. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get the dig. I'm trying to get my digs in where I can. Oh. But uh, that was for you, Bill Blanky, if you're still watching. And you like a good pun every now and then. Um, it's a lot to moving parts to kind of oversee. So is this one of those things? Again, I'm going to go back to a Jack mm-hmm. Skellington yeah. reference where the day after Halloween, you're starting on what you're going to do for next year. It's true. Uh, you know, we had someone uh, who who like a few weeks ago on like September 15th is like, oh, my goodness, you're already getting ready for Halloween. And it's like, oh, and that, and that's a good thing. I'm glad when things seem as seamless as they do that people don't understand the amount of work that goes into it because it is certainly not all me. The Greater St. Charles Convention Visitors Bureau, our producers, are incredible. They have a whole team of people who help make this event happen. I've got a great staff who make everything happen as well. Uh, but it, it is. Uh, we have ideas constantly. We have little scraps of paper and little napkins that we're constantly, whenever we're inspired, when we're out and about with an event or something new that we can ad or a new character we scribble it down uh and and we meet throughout the off season and march is really when we sort of kind of put our nose to the grindstone and we start figuring out what the next season is going to look like so it really is halloween all year round and since it is my favorite holiday it's it's a happy happy place to be and we got some more comments came in on uh, looks like from Facebook. Jane Johnson said, "So proud of Ryan and what his little ideas become." Oh, thanks, uh, Jane. Catherine Levin said, "Wants to know if she can get T-shirts at the CVS. Server. Watching this, uh, the Angry Villagers T-shirt I've got with the World Tour titles on the back. It's." Really cool. You do a new one every year. These can be gotten at the CVB. Exactly. So you can get those at the Convention Visitors Bureau, uh, 230 South Main, or they're actually available online as well. So discoverstcharles.com. We have all kinds of shirts. Uh, We have one with the Plague Doctor on it. We have Medusa, the Big Bad Wolf. Uh, The Angry Villager shirt, as you mentioned, has the the tour cities. So Salem, Massachusetts and Sleepy Hollow, New York. Roswell. Roswell, New Mexico. It's (laughs) it's really a pretty stunning shirt. So yeah, people can get those shirts on discoverstcharles.com. Also get shirts for our Christmas festival, Christmas traditions as well, which is right around the corner. Which seems kind of scary that's coming up so quickly. That's yeah. true. And with all the festival work, so th- this is now, this is your full-time job. So mm-hmm. you're th- this is uh, something that you're going to be planning Christmas right after. I'm, I'm assuming you're already planning Christmas coming. Right. It, it's a weird space to be in where I have to constantly put on the Halloween hat and the Christmas hat. Halloween hat, the Christmas hat. Because uh, you have to juggle it. Because once we close Legends and Lanterns, we only have four weeks until uh, St. Charles Christmas Traditions opens up. So you kind of have to be able to juggle in this position. But that's that's fun. You know, Christmas and Halloween, they, they make a, a beautiful match. And when you're, it doesn't sound like it detracts from your enjoyment because you talked about this being your favorite holiday. Some people, sometimes if it's your job, you can kind of lose a little bit of the luster, but it doesn't sound like that's happened. There's never a day that I come in and I'm upset that I have to go to work because you really, I mean, you you get to play and use your imagination and create these incredible people for uh, for things, to, uh, incredible things for people. Well, we create people too. You know, you it's do. a very Frankenstein thing. Ask Igor. But, <laughs> yeah, but create these wonderful things for people to enjoy, and it's it's really exciting. It's a it's a. I'm very lucky. And again, if you're listening right now and you want to find out more, the website's the best place to go, which is again discover. StCharles.com, discoverstcharles.com. There's the little events tab. There's actually a uh, special thing just for Legends and Lanterns. We'll tell you all about it. Or as Ryan said, if you're out there enjoying uh, the gorgeous scenery, St. Charles in this lovely fall weather, pop in the Visitors Bureau office there at 230. You think I'd know after all these years. 230 South Main. Uh, And ask them for more information. Get your tickets for the Bayou Bash or whatever else. Before I let you go, let's, uh, let's ask you, what are your top five favorite horror movies? So here's the interesting thing. So I am a chicken, though I love Halloween. But I will say I love Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. I love Evil Dead 2. I love Evil Dead 1 Very, as well. 
There's a great musical about it. I heard. Um, I love The Blob, starring Steve McQueen and a cast of exciting young people. And I know it doesn't count, but I'm going to say Young Frankenstein. It counts. It's a horror movie, but it's a Halloween-themed movie. Yeah. And it's got Frankenstein in the title. Yeah. 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 I'll allow it. So there you go. Um, Again, make sure you check out the festival because it really is a lot of fun. It's Legends and Lanterns, and it takes place the middle three weekends of October. Yes. So we open October 9th, and we'll be taking place uh, October 9th and 10th, the 16th, 17th, 22, 23, and 24. So mark those in your calendars. Bring the little ones out and interact with all the fun people you'll get to see out there. Uh, We're going to take our next commercial break. Ryan Cooper, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure to talk to you as always. Pleasure, James. Thank you. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. There he goes. We're going to take our next commercial break. We'll come right back after this. Please stand by. Hi, everybody. This is James Masters with his sexy, fake British accent. You're listening to geek to me Radio. to keep the return liner as Halloween themed since we're talking about all things Halloween. Thanks again to my first guest Ryan Cooper from Legends and Lanterns all about talking about that incredible festival. Right now we're going to go to my next guest who's on the line talking about a brand new movie that's out October 12th getting us up for the scary season. This movie The Old Ways. We've got writer Marcus Gabriel. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. What an introduction. Love it. Great. were Were you a Buffy fan? Was I a Buffy fan? Oh, yeah, big time, of course. The awesome. original and the TV series. Percy. I love uh, Christy Swanson and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> no bad Buffy out there, in my opinion, so that that's awesome to hear. Um, this is I, I saw the trailer for this movie, and it just it's one of those trailers that you immediately kind of start clenching in a little bit, and you kind of get those little chills up the back of your neck. Uh, talk a little bit about writing this movie the old ways. Talk a little bit about uh, the idea, the genesis, how the germ formed in your head. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I was looking to tell a, an exorcism story from just a different point of view, and I knew a very uh, exciting point of view would be if we just leaned into some of my uh, Latino culture and heritage. I was born in Puerto Rico, um, and I knew I wanted to tell a story with a bruja, which is Spanish for witch, and uh, figure out how we could freshen up the exorcism genre by kind of attacking it in a different way and not doing all the standard stuff you used to see in with a, you know, a priest comes in with an order from the Vatican and the Bible and, and power of Christ compels you and all that stuff. So we kind of left all that at the door and tried to dig in deep and see what else we could discover in our movie, the old ways. And the horror movie genre is one of those things where it's obviously this time of year, it's a great time to see a horror movie, but it's one of those things year round. Like you get them out and coming out in February, you get some of them in like even around Christmas time. I don't think there's ever a bad time in my opinion to see a horror movie. And the one thing is horror movies always do well at the box office, which is, I think just, we like being scared. And the fact that this has, like you mentioned, a bit of a history behind it, uh, it can, makes it feel more real in a sense. So talk a little bit about um, how you were inspired to do a horror movie. Oh, I have, I'm, I'm like you. Uh, any time of the year is great for a horror movie. I grew up loving horror movies, fascinated with them. I mean, I was more of an 80s kid, so I grew up with, uh, you know, uh, Jason and Freddy and Pinhead and everybody. And I just love the whole thrill, the ride of a horror movie. I mean, I love being thrilled. And there's no other genre in my book where you are so engaged with the screen and the story being told. So when you're in a horror movie and watching one, you you ignore everything else around you and you're just focused in on whatever you're seeing or whatever you're trying to avoid seeing on the screen. So I've always loved that as, as a um, as an experience for myself and then just in developing the movie was really excited to see how many different types of things we could explore within the movie. So uh, you know, there, there's a real story of, of culture and connection going on here in the old ways. But at the same time, uh, there's body horror and there's visceral horror and there's yeah. <laughs> gross things and all that. So it was really everything we could dream up and put into a movie uh, was is all on screen. 
But the fact that it, it's the way you just said that, it sounds like, oh, we threw a bunch of stuff in, but it just, it, it fits so well. Like there, there's snakes in it, but there's a, there's a reason the snakes are there. It just seems like everything is so seamlessly worked in. And it just, uh, because of, like you said, the heritage behind it. And obviously you brought your knowledge of that to it. It's such a, I, yeah. it, it sounds weird to say, but it's a beautifully done horror movie, if that makes sense. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, that's definitely what we were striving to do. I mean, for our cast, our cast didn't even really acknowledge the horror elements when they signed on to do the movie. To, for all of them, and I talked to them all before they started, they all viewed this really as a drama and a story about somebody who's lost their connection with their ancestral ha- homeland and is reconnecting with that uh, experience, but told through the lens of kind of the darkness that's there. And, and the amazing thing about horror movies especially, has always been, but especially today, is you can really say a lot of things in a horror movie um, about, you know, the, the human condition, about society, about all of those things. So it's not enough anymore for audiences, especially now, to just be scary and have, you know, throw everything at them uh, from, from the scare perspective. You really have to dig deep and try to find a real story underneath it all. So that was the fun thing, unearthing that. But at the same time, just all the rest of the, experience of making a movie uh for all the you know geeks out there listening to geek to me radio geek to me radio it's like that is the ultimate filmmaking to me is a scary movie i mean it's just operating on all cylinders and and doing all the things that movies do best and it's funny, too, because we've talked to other directors and writers, and they've all said, you know, even if they haven't had the chance to, oh, I really want to do a horror movie. It's just that visceral thing, I think, that we all have within us that we want to tell a story that both kind of thrills us and also frightens other people. There's just something about us that uh, kind of wants to share that experience. Yeah, and it's really, I mean, for the genre, it's really one of the only genres where you don't need a huge star to kind of, make it a great movie um you can as long as you've put together the elements correctly then the audience is really forgiving because the star is the experience the star is the horror of it so for filmmakers both who have been doing it for a long time or just starting out it's always a genre that like to me is really appealing because if you can do it right it doesn't matter like people will be along for the ride Absolutely. And as a writer, too, I'm curious, uh, how long from, you know, this is the idea to I'm writing this to obviously Dark Star Pictures is is, uh, behind it. How long has this been? Is this been like a a quick two year process with something you started during COVID and then it's out? Or how long is the process from when you started writing it to now that's coming out on October 12th? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember the first draft was probably in 2019, early 2019. And it was really you know, we, I, I worked really closely with the director. We've been friends for years and years, Christopher Allender. And I really wrote the first, like, 20 pages super quickly to just show him because I wanted a project that we could do together. And he read the first 20 pages, and he was like, this seems really, really cool. I definitely want to do it. Let's keep, you know, writing and going. So I wrote the draft as fast as I could uh, and then just kept revising it, digging into the research. Eventually, we started production um in 2020 and we finished production about two days before all the lockdowns happened. oh wow that's COVID. good yeah so that was fantastic that we had it all in the can and then it was the post process throughout the pandemic which we had to learn how to do that properly but you know it, it's every day has been a pleasure working on it so yeah it was it was you know it feels like a longer journey or it seems like a longer journey than it felt i should say i mean it felt like it all happened kind of quickly but when you sit back and go, oh, hold on, it's 2021 now, and it's finally coming out. So I guess it does take a minute. Yeah, yeah. And we should say it's on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD on October the 12th. Uh, you can check out the old ways. One of the things I was fascinated, one of your other credits is The Muppets Now that was on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. So you go right from The Muppets to a horror movie, which kind of shows your range as a writer, certainly. <laughs> Listen, there's nothing more terrifying than The Muppets. <laughs> They've got some stuff. The animals got some issues. Swedish chefs got some yeah. issues. Sweetums, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's the the connective tissue is just. And for the director also, Chris Allender, he he worked on Muppets episodes, also directing them. And the connective tissue is really just like we usually try to pursue whatever creative endeavors uh, are exciting to us. So I know I'm not the only one who likes horror movies and also like Muppets and also likes other things. So if I can find a way to 
get involved in those things and for those things that really excite me, then uh, I, I jump at the chance. Once again, as the 80s kid, you're getting to do horror and you're getting to play with the Muppets at the same time. That's got to be a thrill. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know what? Some of that stuff is not. T- I mean, look, when you get into making a movie, the Muppets are a special effects shoot the whole time. Yeah. Right? There's a magic that's happening that you're you're not seeing the performers. So those were really tools that we could use, even though they don't seem related. If you see the old ways, you'll be like, what the hell was this guy talking about? But some of those same tools of like, well, we know how to remove wires and rods we know like we created a i mean a little spoiler here but there's a you know a monster in the movie we had a physical monster that could be puppeted and stuff like that Mm. so we um we kind of took all those things that we learned and twisted them and took them to the dark side that's that's everyone loves to go to the dark side that's fine and i know i want to be (laughs) cognizant of your time i want to get you out of here but uh i want to ask your star of this is andrea cortez talk a little bit about casting her was it was she with immediately you knew she was the one to play this role or was it a bit of a casting process you know we have two amazing stars well all our cast is amazing we have andrea and then we also have bridget cali canella yes who plays kind of our central reporter character and for both of them for andrea it was a no-brainer she came in and read, and she was great, and we cast her immediately. For uh, Bridget's role, it was a little more intense because her role is the one who kind of goes through the, uh, you know, the, the rituals and these different trials. And really, we needed someone who could be dramatic and also have a little bit of a sense of humor, but also go through very intense physical challenges throughout the movie you mentioned snakes those are real snakes they're not cg there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens in this movie for an actor that is very intense and it took us a while to find that person that embodied all of those traits at the same time in fact we almost we pushed the movie twice trying to find that role and then eventually uh we discovered her she's fantastic she's on fear the walking dead right now she's voice of you know characters in in clone wars for star wars she's she's doing all sorts of cool stuff so we were so uh, lucky and extremely glad to find her and once again marcos gabriel uh the writer of the old ways which you can get on digital blu-ray and dvd october 12th where can people find you uh, as far as social media handles and website if people want to keep up with you and your work you know what uh i'm at call marcos C-A-L-L, Marcos, on pretty much everything. And the Old Ways movie is the handle for everything Old Ways. And, yeah, super excited for your audience and others to discover this Blu-ray. It's got over two hours of stuff on it. It's got all sorts of extended deleted scenes, story, storyboard comparisons, including like a 80- or 90-minute, I think it's 80-minute, documentary behind the scenes on wow. this movie. So if you like hearing this, if this has been an entertaining 10 minutes for you, there's tons more uh, when that Blu-ray releases, so we're super excited about it. And I always recommend you go out and get the physical thing because I love the, the behind-the-scenes and the director's commentary and the writer's commentary. That's the one thing I will always shell out the extra money to get the physical copy just for those purposes. Uh, once again, you it's get off. the Blu-ray and the DVD October 12th. It's also on digital. The old way is perfect in time for the Halloween season. Marcos Gabriel, I appreciate your time so much. Thanks for being on the air with us. This has been a blast. Thanks so much. Thank you. Be well. And we're going to take another quick commercial break. We'll come right back talking more. We'll get into movie reviews. And Ryan Cooper was nice enough to stick around. So we'll talk about the James Bond movie coming out because I know he's a huge James Bond fan as well. We'll get into all that and more. Stand by. Hey, guys, this is Raul Coley, and I play Dr. Ravi Chakrabarty on the CW's iZombie. And you're listening to geek to me Radio. a chance to see Midnight Mass yet. Uh, Rahul Kohli's in that. A brilliant performance. Uh, it's always fun to see these people like we just had Rahul on twice, I guess. Joey, twice, I guess? Is that right? Yeah, when iZombie was out. Um, it, that's a great series, too. iZombie. I'm sorry that was canceled. Um, it wasn't canceled. They went out on their own terms. I'm sorry that it's not on anymore. But uh, we got to see some movies. We were talking about Marcus Theaters earlier and got to see No Time to Die, the new James Bond movie that's out, and we got to see Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Um, and I know, Ryan, you're, you're, a, you're a James Bond fan now. I've, I've converted you, or at least if I haven't, uh, Dixie Denier did with her, uh, with her Bond Bonds thing. Yeah. So you're, uh, do you, do, 
Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want, to, if you want to, you don't have to. You don't have to. Hi. Ryan's still here with us. Um, do you the, the new James Bond movie? Just out of curiosity, because I've shown you a few. Uh, yes. You've not seen all of them, but the new as a kind of a person who's not a big Bond fan, who doesn't mm-hmm. know all this stuff. Seeing the previews, the trailer, everything, did it is one of those that kind of like, hey, I'd like to see this just as a general action. It movie is or- very intriguing. I will say, I always like the idea of James Bond. I think he's very suave, makes me very jealous. And this one, yes, I think Daniel Craig's very cool. I think the Rami Malik's very cool. And you know, there there are booms, but you know, it's also thinking. And then there's martinis and cars. <laughs> That's that's our great movie play by play from Ryan Cooper. That's that's perfect. But no, the cars. I mean, that's one of the things when I was little, and I used to watch my dad watch James Bond movies, and I'd watch them with him. And it was the cars. That's what drew me in. I'm like, oh, such a cool car, an Aston Martin or a Lotus Esprit or whatever. Um, and so for for the diehard Bond fans, I will say if you it, this one is the 25th movie in the Bond franchise. And I think you and I only watched two of them together. We we scratched the surface. It was, it was great. It was great. And the music in the movies, too. That's the thing that I'm amazed at. You mentioned Dixie Deniers, you know, James Bond burlesque. I, such great music. Yeah, all the all the famous people. Like, they back in the day, they had Shirley Basie. And, and they McCartney. had uh, Paul McCartney and the Wings did it. And they had uh, Sheena Easton did For Your Eyes Only. And this one, Billie Eilish does the song for this one. Uh, but awesome. There's, there's always a power behind the the uh the theme song and that's one of the great things too they do a little nod to on her majesty's secret service which was the sixth bond film where he gets married george lazenby played james bond um they're doing but, a call back you know what they need to do and and i hope the producers of the future james bonds are pierce brosnan singing the next james bond song i saw both mama mia's i don't know if that's a good idea james bond <laughs> I, I don't that almost know. sounded I like, like Christopher him. Lloyd singing James Bond. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I appreciate Pierce Brosnan, and I hope he sees this because I enjoyed him in Mamma Mia. I have no taste, but I I I like him. No, he's he's a great actor. Uh, like there's the uh, now we're we're totally going down a Pierce Brosnan rabbit hole here. I intended to, but uh, the Foreigner with him and Jackie Chan, Pierce Brosnan's the bad guy. That was a great movie. Uh, if you're listening right now, I'd recommend that one if you're looking for something to watch after you see the old ones, which we just talked about in the last segment. But uh, I'd say the one thing that is a little odd about the Daniel Craig movies as a whole is because, like, you and I, we we sat down because you had never seen a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. I had you over. We had pizza. Yeah. And we watched GoldenEye. Yes. And what Living was it? Living Let Die. You did not need to know anything about any of the other 20 movies to watch those two. And we watched them out of order. Right. The, the Daniel Craig Bond movies, you literally have to watch Casino Royale, then Quantum of Solace, then Skyfall, then Spectre to know what's going on because there's a lot of context that's provided in No Time to Die in those first four movies. And that's unlike any James Bond thing before. You actually have to watch the other five movies. That's tricky. But I guess smart for them because yeah. then, hey, everyone gets to watch them if, if they want to know what's going on. And they can sell a Daniel Craig box set when all this is through. Yes, or they can provide a little synopsis. They should do like a little crawl, like before Star Wars. That's right. James Bond, here's what you need to know. That'd be a good idea, too. That's, they could do that during the opening credits as Billie Eilish is singing, but they didn't. They didn't. But, uh, but no, I, I, I would say out of his five movies, this was not my favorite James Bond movie. Uh, but just if you're listening and you have any interest in my opinion, which you might not, um, I would say it's it's not his best movie, which is still, for me, Casino Royale, but it's not his worst movie, which is still Quantum of Solace. Out of the group, um, it, it's in the middle of the pack. It's it's above Spectre and it's above Quantum of Solace, but it's not as good as Casino Royale, and it might be on edge with Skyfall, uh, depending on the mood. It was, it was it was a decent movie. It wasn't bad, and I would also mention you should at least be familiar with On Her Majesty's Secret Service because um, there are little nods to that movie throughout as well. So if you're listening right now, I'd I'd give it a solid. I'd say seven point five out of ten. And watch the other Craig movies before you see this one are, are, are my thoughts on that. So it's the Jan Brady of the Daniel Craig James Bond. That's well put. That's well put. Thank you. Because I'm all That's about Casino Royale, so it's more Marsha, Marsha, Marsha for me. You know. So. <laughs> I know about, television. So I've got the Brady Bunch movie, the original. No, we will. Uh, oh, but the Venom versus Carnage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that the second well, movie. I hear it. I think it did 90 million for opening weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the right number. Did Joey, are you going to fact check on that? Is that 90 million? Does that sound right? He didn't look it up. 
Normally, was, normally he's like, no, that's wrong. He'll like <laughs> glare at me from across the board. Well, I was listening to another radio station this afternoon that I won't mention because it wasn't this one. But I, but they were talking about how they went in with low expectations in, in term, because they didn't know people were coming back to the movie theaters. They didn't know if it was going to do whatever. Um, and then they said it just blew it out of the water. And I think that good for you. Yeah, and Joey just see this is this is why he's the best because he just pulls up box office mojo on the screen. I can see right here uh, domestic take for the weekend ninety point one million uh, for opening weekend for Venom, which is great. Wow. Um, international payday was thirteen million eight, and worldwide gross was one hundred three nine. Um, 103, almost 104 million. So that's not a bad take for a sequel. See, I went in, it was exactly what I expected it would be. Cause I'm like, uh, I didn't, I wasn't huge on the first one. It was, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Cause my expectations were down here, mm-hmm. but, um, if people who are comic book fans are going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, if Woody Harrelson was the, 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 the two best things that make the movie worth seeing are Woody Harrelson. Cause he just chews the scenery. Mm-hmm. He's, he loves playing this role. You can tell he's having a good time. And the post-credit scene, which anyone who knows Marvel movies since 2008, there's at least one post-credit scene. If you're if you're listening and you're going to go see it, there's only one. It's midway through. So after that one scene is done, you can feel free to leave. You don't have to sit there and wait for the very, very last when you see produced by and Tom Hardy will be back in. You know, and you don't have to worry about any of that. You can leave after the uh, mid-credit scene. But it, it's those two things, Woody Harrelson and the post-credit scene are the main reason to shell out the money and go see it. And we celebrate all the people whose names are listed after that post-credit scene. You worked hard. From best boy to key grip. That's, that's right. what I say. That's all, all the people who make the movie work. Um, but no, this is it's it's going to do well, obviously. Uh, we'll see how what the second weekend fall-off is because obviously Batman versus Superman took a huge nosedive after the second weekend. Um, and I haven't really seen much as far as what the critics are saying. Um, but the fans obviously like it. People are voting with their money. Which, uh, yay capitalism, because that's, that's the way things go. And hopefully, if you're listening, you saw it in a Marcus Theater. That's all I have to say, because that's that. the best way to see it. Um, but yeah, I would recommend also seeing the James Bond movie in IMAX. I don't know if Venom is in 3D or not, if they're doing 3D showings, but with the CGI porn that was thrown in there, that's all it was. It was, just, it was, like, a, it was like a 90s movie with a bunch of modern-day CGI stuff. And uh, I gave it a 4.5. I, no, I give it a three point five out of out of ten because it was just. Oh, so that's like the cousin from the Brady Bunch. Yeah, of the whole family. Yeah, like it's like Sam the Butcher from the Brady. Oh, that's Sam what we're the getting. Butcher. Yeah, yeah. Alice's little side. Yeah, we won't. We'll stop there. But um, yeah, and, and Joey's pulling up Showtime. He's so far ahead of me. Every time I I like I'm thinking he's like Radar O'Reilly from Mash. Pop culture rep? No. Yes. You'd have no idea. We're gonna make it after. That's Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> Thank you for trying, though. That's great. Um, so is there a movie, like we're talking about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's the spooky season. Yes. But Halloween Kills is going to be out soon with Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Um, are there any movies that you've seen, like the previews for, that you're excited to get out and see? Well, I saw the progressive commercial with the Adams Family, too. Yes. That's that looks, intriguing. Did you see the first one, the animated first one? No. It was really good. Well, I, I love anything Adams Family. I love the musical. I mean, obviously the Raul Julia and Angelica Houston movies. I mean, come on. Yeah. Those, those are the, well, and, and Christopher Lloyd. As Cousin It. I mean, Cousin well, what am I? Pester. I I'm getting daggers from Joey now. I don't know what my problem is, folks. I'm messing up on the board. I'm calling people by the wrong names. Um, I'm lucky I actually showed up to the right studio tonight. That's all I have how, to say. How many fingers am I holding up? There's, that's a finger? Jazz hands. Oh, I, I couldn't tell from over here. But if you're seeing this, you probably knew how many fingers. But no, you played uh, Uncle Fester. Yes. Christopher Lloyd. Yes. Yes. But you gestured at me like there, I was... Well, because you, you usually do such a good Christopher Lloyd. Oh, great Scott! Yes, you got to give that's, the people that's what my... they want. <laughs> I think the people would like this to go away. That's <laughs> Probably. But um, no, but the, the first one, I, I that's one I would highly recommend. If you've not seen the first Adam's Family, that's one. Go out and rent it right now. Because okay. uh, that was that animated show was really well done. There he goes. He's hopping in his car. He's driving away. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for the second one because the first one was a lot of fun. It was uh, well-crafted. The voice actors were all great. Um, when you think of the Adams Family, do you, do you, you know, you just mentioned, obviously, mm-hmm. the Angelica Houston. And yeah. uh, did you watch the original TV series? I did. I did. And I was always amazed because, you know, it often in like the old timey, you know, TV, Nick at Nights and stuff, 
uh, was kind of close by to the Munsters as well. And it was interesting to see how the Munsters and the Adams family kind of cut from the same cloth, but two very different takes, one a little bit more campy, one a little bit more subtle. I loved it. Did you have a preference yourself between Munsters and Adams family? It depended on the day. But I really, I, I embrace all, so I, I, wanted, I wanted them all. And we've got uh, a couple more comments came in. We've got uh, Emily Stowe said, Adam's Family Values is on her watch list. Oh, it should be. It's and my favorite. And uh, Jane Johnson said, I pretty much always stay until the very, very end of the movie. So she's talking about the credits. Well uh, done, the, Jane. The, assistant, uh, the second assistant grip. So good. Thank you. That, Jane, that's great. We love that. And uh, David DeRose was joking about seeing to the end. He said, Venom will return in Thunderball, which is a James Bond Venom mashup he did. That's very clever. Well done. So I like that as well. Um, we're coming up. I'm trying to watch the clock because I'm getting everything else wrong tonight. I want to make sure I'm out on time here. Uh, for those of you who are listening right now, I'm just going to spill the beans. I'm going to hit the button here at 5830. Uh, just so you know, you'll hear the intro. You'll hear the outro music start. And we're wrapping things up. But uh, this has been great. Uh, Ryan Cooper made it all the way into the station here at KTRS. It's always great to see you. Well, it's great to be seen. Thank you. And once again, Legends and Lanterns goes on the middle three weekends of October. You can get your tickets for the Bayou Bash on the website, which is, again, discoverstcharles.com. I want to make sure you check out part two of our two-part talk with Tom DeFalco, legendary comics writer and editor who worked for Marvel Comics on a lot of great titles, including Spider-Man and Thor. I had the chance to sit down and talk with him for quite a while. And that second part will be on the website. Also, my movie reviews are up on the website, geektomeradio.com. So check those out as well. And uh, thank you, as always, to Joey V for putting up the cool things, for making this show sound as good as it does, and for keeping me somewhat sane. Until next week, my friends. It's not in the way you watch I sound be. It's not in the way you watch the flash. It's not in kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. Bit.ly slash geek to me. Bit.ly slash geek to me.